A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hello and welcome once again to another episode of the Ruler Magazine Tech podcast. I am your host, Dan Cavallari, and I am coming at you from Colorado. And my guest today is also in Colorado, though we are still talking remotely, uh, even though he's he's just up the road from me in Boulder. Uh, I am speaking today with Cameron Fraser, who is the composite engineer for Driven Technologies. Cameron, how's it going today? Good, good. Another, another beautiful uh, fall day in Colorado. Oh, we're so close, aren't we? We're like right on the yeah. cusp of actual <laughs> yeah. fall. <laughs> yeah. Um, Cameron, I'm, I'm speaking to you today uh, because I wanted to talk a little bit about carbon. And, and I know that's a broad topic for everybody listening, and, and it's going to have a point in a moment. But basically, um, carbon frames in general have become so advanced, so light, so strong. Uh, and, you know, that's that's interesting to me because I've been around long enough to remember when you know, carbon was sort of the new material. Uh, and there was, and we hadn't quite figured out, you know, carbon manufacturing to the point where frames were super reliable and, and things like that. And in the early days, if you cracked your frame, you were out of luck. <laughs> that was the end of your frame. Uh, more recently, it seems that carbon repair has become, you know, more accepted. You, you'll still void a warranty, I think, if if you go that route. But um, carbon repair is now something that's actually a viable option. So it just occurred to me that, you know, now that we're in the realm of carbon everything, what changed exactly? Uh, and and how did uh, how did carbon repair become more, more uh, accepted? So to get at that, I want to talk to you, Cameron, about uh, carbon in general. And the reason I'm speaking with you is because, well, you, you happen to know a thing or two about carbon. Uh, for those of you listening, uh, uh, Cameron has a bachelor's degree in mechanical engineering and a master's in composite manufacturing. Uh, and before you uh, entered uh, the bike world, you were working with uh, BMW on things like their carbon fiber roofs. Uh, you worked with the New, New Zealand Defense Defense Force to create uh, a manufacturing process for a 10-foot wingspan UAV. I don't even know what a UAV is. So uh, <laughs> unmanned aerial vehicle or a drone is what they, you know. Ah, I got you. All right. So a big old drone. <laughs> yep. Um, and you've reconnaissance also worked... only. Reconnaissance only. Okay. We're peaceful people. <laughs> peaceful people. Um, and, and you've also worked in the bike industry for, for quite a while, uh, working with various bike brands on, on design. Um, you are co-owner of Broken Carbon, uh, which is a frame repair business with Brady Capius. Um, you've done a lot of frame repair. Um, and so, yeah, so you, you seem to, to have a lot of uh, interest and experience in this particular realm. So let's start basic. Um, talk a little bit about carbon structure and when a carbon frame breaks, what exactly is happening to that carbon structure? 
in the market, especially in road or mountain bike, you have two main frame uh, bases, which is your aluminium alloy and your carbon fiber. What you typically see aluminium uh, fail in is fatigue, particularly around the uh, the welds. Uh, either you know, it, one of the more common spots is uh, the, between the chain stay and the and the bottom bracket. In carbon, um, you're highly unlikely to ever see a fatigue failure. Um, in fact, I would say in a modern uh, carbon epoxy laminate, you're in the millions of cycles before you'll see a fatigue failure. And what that means for a bicycle is basically never. Um, so the types of failures that you'll see uh, or we see predominantly are, are impact or accidental related. Um, carbon is... Um, it's 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 definitely a bit of a, a black magic, even to even to people who are as experienced as me. You you can never predict exactly the way it's going to fail, but it does it does fail um, in in repeatable ways, or at least in the ways that we describe them, where we have a common language for how carbon fails. So, what most people might have seen at some point is is. Uh, a broken carbon fiber laminate where you see kind of loose fibers and it just looks like a it just looks like a crack right there's no other way to describe it what you see there is actually the the easy part um of of the damage or the easy part to understand as well as the easy part to identify what's difficult about carbon because it has layers it's actually weakest between the layers and so as you go through the thickness of carbon fiber um, you've got a strong carbon epoxy uh, layer, and then you've got just epoxy. And then you've got another strong carbon epoxy layer, and then and so on. And so between those strong layers, you have the epoxy. And um, to give an order of magnitude, um, uh, carbon fiber uh, is in the, uh, can be in the hundreds of gigapascals stiff, um, whereas... Uh, the matrix or the epoxy uh, is is more in the tens of gigapascals, <laughs> so it's it, it's a full it's a, it's at least a full order of magnitude. Um, depending on depending on your 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 laminate, it can be two orders of magnitude in difference. So what that means very specifically is is in pretty much all impact damage, you get what's called a delamination failure, which is the the two stiff you've got two stiff carbon layers that don't want to move. And then that epoxy that's between them fails. This is in part where um, someone might might not be aware that they have carbon damage. Um, you this is this is damage that's essentially unseen to the eye. So you, there's that obvious crack uh, that that we talked about. But you can actually get delamination failure of a laminate that doesn't have a, a top surface crack. So that's interesting. So let's just recap briefly so carbon uh, does not fatigue it's not a fatigue failure not in bicycles not in the real world right right yeah sorry i should have been more specific uh, aluminum will fatigue and that's the failure that's like me riding a bike i fatigue and then i fail um but the, the carbon me too. Uh, yeah so the carbon is layers and i think that's an important notion for people even though the, the tubing is quite thin that we conceive of as as a bicycle tube it's layers, and the the carbon is actually quite strong. Uh, it's the laminate, or excuse me, the like the um, the epoxies in between 
where you're more likely to experience a failure. Is that correct? Yes. In, in, in what we call these thin-skinned or thin-walled tubes, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, from, from there, assuming that you know, the, it's those layers in between that, that are leading to failures, has there been progress in that world uh, over the last, I don't know, 10 years to uh, help prevent those sort of, um, th- you know, that delamination problem? Yes, so you you might have heard um, there was a big uh, hoopla about uh, um, carbon nanotubes a few years ago. That was in an attempt to uh, toughen the epoxy. Um, it didn't really go uh, anywhere, but it was mostly because manufacturing carbon nanotubes is, is quite difficult. But um, funnily enough, that is uh it's changed now where um there's actually some new processes but but up until this point today the focus has been on the chemistry of the epoxy um most of the developments of course are in the aerospace industry um but i'd say over the last so in the last 20 years really um carbon fiber itself the fiber is unchanged all of the technology and engineering and development have gone into the, the, the matrices or the, the epoxies. And um, we've seen several leaps in toughness, basically. Um, and this is where uh, there can be, um, I would say, a fair amount of confusion when someone's buying a bicycle frame. Um, there was a big push for high stiffness. Um, so some things you might have heard thrown around were like T700, T800, T900. Those are essentially grades of carbon fiber that have a certain stiffness. And the, the industry as a whole tried to move towards very stiff, very strong, but not tough. That's what you saw probably about five to ten years ago. And the industry is coming back. So instead of going to those, those hyper-stiff carbons, the T900s, the industry is actually coming back down to T700 in combination with a, a tougher uh, epoxy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's an interesting note because actually just yesterday, Cervelo uh, launched a new bike, a new R5, and one of the key talking points there is that it's less stiff than the previous version. Do you suspect that's why? I mean, are they, is this more of a strength play for them? So, yeah, so there's, there's two reasons you would go to... Uh, lower stiffness is it does give better impact resistance but it also gives a better ride so something that um, I think particularly uh, I remember Trek running into they were put they were manufacturing super stiff seat stays and um, <laughs> well uh, the stiffer that seat stay then the firmer the ride um, and so so you've started you we, we see a move away um, from that high stiffness for, for comfort as well. Yeah, yeah. Now, um, we're, we're going to talk in a moment about repairing carbon. But before we do that, um, you know, we mentioned at the top of the show that you are uh, a composite engineer for Driven Technologies. What, do you, what exactly are you doing? What is Driven Technologies? And what are you doing for Driven Technologies that carbon would actually come into play about? Yeah, so um, Driven uh, is, a, is a new... Um, company that spawned out of ceramic speed. Um, people over the last couple of years um, have probably seen uh, a YouTube video or some type of uh, um, uh, press coverage relating to a driveshaft uh, driven bicycle. Um, 
so I've been um, helping the guys at Driven uh, slash uh, back then it was Ceramic Speed for about three years now. All the frames up until this point have had to be modified. The, the chainstays have had to be elevated. So the drive shaft is essentially going where the chainstay was, but then of course you still need that structural member. So um, helps them with that, and and now um, I'm I'm helping them again. They uh, they got um, they got funding. They went out for a round of funding, and then they branched out as their own company, uh, and uh, they're going to bring. Uh, that drive shaft that uh, I'm assuming most of your viewers have seen to market. Cool. And so is that is that drive shaft? I mean, is that also it's a carbon fiber drive shaft, isn't it? Yep, that's correct. And so what what went into? I mean, is, does the construction of that differ from a, a typical tube on a bicycle? I mean, what kind of engineering went into developing that shaft? Yeah. So um, drive shafts take different loads, uh, predominantly torsion. So when it comes to, to composites or carbon fiber, what you're doing there is, is you're orienting the fiber direction to the load. So, so what you'll see, for example, in, um, in a seat stay, uh, you'll see predominantly longitudinal fibers that are taking you know, the, the weight of the rider as well as you know, impacts from the road. And so those are fibers that are going in the direction of the tube. But when you get to a drive shaft, um, any fiber that's 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 going down the tube actually doesn't allow you to transfer torque. So you're looking at predominantly 45 degrees, for example, in a drive shaft. So, and that's what's so great about you know carbon fiber and composites in general is you can put the strength where you need it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and I'm curious too. I mean, when it comes to the notion of repair, which we're going to talk about specifically frame repair in a moment, uh, you know, we haven't even talked about things like carbon wheel repair is that even a thing um and what you know what kinds of shapes or components are um you know conducive to repair and which ones aren't um you know and and like i said we're going to talk specifically about frames in a moment but is it even possible to fix for example the carbon drive shaft on this this driven drivetrain or even a wheel when it comes to carbon fiber especially in bicycles uh, i would say anything is repairable it comes down to um, what's the cost of repair? Is it is it is it um, you know is it viable? So when you look at wheels, for example, a sidewall impact can be economically viable, but once you start getting into the rim bed, uh, reproducing the the structure of the rim bed. So an example would be you don't have the original mold. So if you want to to repair that rim bed, you're going to need to like today, 3D print that rim bed yourself as a repairer and use that as your mold surface. And so when you look at that whole process, it ends up being usually either the same cost or even cheaper, especially with grass replacement pricing to just get a new rim. Gotcha, gotcha. So, so um, sim- on, on simple shapes f- matter. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yes, I would say, I'd say, um, uh, simple shapes matter to an extent, um, but it also just comes down to the economics. So an example is dropouts are not, um, not I wouldn't necessarily call them simple shapes, but when you're looking at you know a $2,000 replacement versus a $600 dropout repair, then it starts to make sense. But um, today it's very common for you to be able to get a crash replacement wheel, the rim, for three or $400. Right, so 
So that's that's so complexity. There really is no com, there is no limit to the complexity. It's just it doesn't make sense for the customer. Yeah, yeah. All right, so we're going to take a quick break here, but when we come back, uh, I want to talk specifically about the carbon repair process and how, as a consumer, aside from price, how you should determine, I mean, well, in addition to price, I should say, uh, how you should determine whether you should get your carbon frame repaired or if it's destined for the junk heap or you just want to go ahead and get it warrantied. Let's take a quick break and we'll be right back. Why, hello there. Podcast interruption alert, but I will only take a few short moments to say that if you're enjoying this podcast, you will love the regular magazine. So if you're not a reader already, then you can subscribe at ruler.cc for as little as £6 per month. If you don't speak Northern Irish, that's six times 100 pennies. And for the price of a few coffees, you get regular columns from the wonderful Ned Bolting, myself, Orla Shinnow, and some of the very finest independent cycling journalism there is, all wrapped up in a wondrously beautiful publication. Go to ruler.cc. I'll leave you to it. Thanks, Ola. I'm Ian Parkinson from the Ruler Conversations podcast, and I'm here to tell you that subscribers get 10% off tickets to the best cycling show in the world, Ruler Live, which returns to London from November the 4th to the 6th, with a great selection of top brands, bikes and guests, including Anna van der Breggen, Geraint Thomas, Roman Bardet, Marcel Kittel, Fabian Cancellara, Imogen Cotter, Matt Stevens, Ned Bolting, and, from the legendary Italian bike brand, Fausto Pinarello. Search Ruler Live online for tickets. So my name is Oren Peleg and I'm an investor in Lacquer. Three things that really caught my eye. The first one is, is they're looking to change the insurance industry, which is a very large industry and I think needs change. The second thing is, is I'm deeply passionate about getting people onto wheel. We need to address our congestion and pollution crisis, and I believe that two wheels have a massive role to play in that. And the third thing is, I can see a growing trend around companies building on the strong communities that they have, and I think Lacquer's business model and the way they tap into the community of cyclists is something that's very much on trend at the moment. We are back with the Ruler Tech Podcast. I am your host, Dan Cavallari, and I am speaking with Cameron Fraser, uh, composite engineer for Driven Technologies. And Cameron, as we mentioned earlier, you, you've you repaired uh, quite a few carbon frames yourself. I, I think it was in the thousands you've, you've done. Um, yeah, so let's, let's start before we talk about the process. Talk about, as a consumer, when should I be considering carbon repair versus you know, getting rid of my frame altogether or uh, or basically trying to get it warrantied? You should always um, pursue warranty options. And the reason I say that is you as a general consumer, um, sometimes even if you know that it was an impact damage, um, the manufacturer might know something that you don't know. And um, an example is if there's a manufacturing defect uh, usually it's repeatable, so that that brand or that 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 um, frame supplier will know that there is a uh, um, a potential void near the surface of of that section of the bike, and if you have a light impact, it's going to look like 
it failed, but it's actually not, but the manufacturer is aware of it. Um, and that might be a situation where that manufacturer or brand um, is happy to warranty, even though it was an impact damage. Um, and then of course, a lot of the times, people just don't know what happened. Um, and they also, they're not educated enough to identify impact damage versus something that might be a responsibility of the, of the brand. And so once you start the communication with that brand, they're going to give their opinions as to whether it can be warranted or not. And then they're also going to provide crash replacement pricing. So you're, you're always going to want that information. It's different for every brand. Um, and that's what you can then do to make your decision um, when you come to repair is, you know, does, that, does it make financial sense to me? Um, and I, I would say um, today it still makes a lot of sense. I mean, there are, there are plenty of brands out there that the crash replacement is still, um, you know, $2,000. And at Broken Carbon, the average cost of repair is about $300. And that's the, stru- that's the, structural, that's the structural repair. So even if you have multiple fractures on a frame, it still makes a lot of sense. Um, where we tend to um, guide people towards um, uh, either really pursuing warranty or uh, or actually just just buying a new frame, there's location of damage on the frame that it just makes sense to to replace the frame, but also um, some people to. Uh, to, I'm going to come up with a way to describe them nicely. They, they're, they're very particular about the appearance of the frame. And, you know, if it's, if it's not a factory appearance, it's not good enough. And every time, every time, we'll, we'll guide that person um, towards a, a new frame just so that they're satisfied. Uh, no matter how good your paint is, you're never going to get a perfect match. It's just not going to happen. Um, now you know from a distance it can look pretty good but you know there's there's that customer that wants it perfect right Um, now when it comes to locations of damage of of, you know what what um, do we tend to guide people towards I'll give you I'll give you an example that is actually an easy repair but we always tend to guide people to try and warranty or replace and that's the that's the BB shell so if you have um, a, a, a press hit bearing that presses directly into the carbon fiber. We can repair that, but the chances of that um, being a continued problem or an issue that um, that you probably will never get full satisfaction on um, is high. And 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 the reason is, and this this is a this is a a topic of large debate: uh, carbon fiber bottom brackets and and their tolerances. But um, if if you have a good brand and you have a manufacturer that is making a really good bottom bracket, there's no way a repair company can get that um, press fit as perfect as a as a, as the original mold could. So while we can repair it and make it safe and make it structurally sound, is that person going to be happy for the rest of the life of that frame or is it going to creak, right? And, and that's where we, 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 we strive to make sure that that person's as happy as they can be with their bicycle. And, and just to, just, I know we kind of said it at the beginning, but a, 
a carbon fiber frame can last longer than your life, right? There is no, there's essentially no limit to the amount that you can ride it. Um, it it's, it's just these unfortunate, you know, impact related events that, you know, typically lead to the situation that we're talking about. But if you take care of it, there's absolutely no reason, provided that you know you don't want some type of geometry change, of course. There's no reason why you couldn't have one frame for your life. Yeah, sure. But so I guess that I, that brings up a couple questions. I mean, one, it seems to go back to that notion that we already talked about, which is, you know, simple shapes. Simple shapes seem to be the best best things for for carbon repair. Whereas something complex like a bottom bracket shell that relies so heavily on tolerances, you wouldn't necessarily want to mess with that. Um, but you know it's interesting because we've we've also talked in the past quite a lot about carbon fatigue uh, and how the, the the carbon can fatigue over time, change the ride quality of the frame and is that is that true? No, I mean I know, I know I'd be happy to um, I'd be happy to you know have this discussion with with other people um, in the industry that that have you know experience like mine. Um, not only does my education tell me that's not a thing. Also, my 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 real world experience tells me that's not a thing. I mean, I've 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 been in front of testing machines that um, uh, we've literally like the machine died before the frame died. <laughs> okay. like, uh, I just yes, I, I do not believe that to be yeah. um, a real thing. Okay. All right. So now we've determined that basically the process should be always approach the brand first for to see if it's a warranty issue. Um, if it's a complex shape like a bottom bracket shell. You, you're probably going to want to err toward, um, toward you know, uh, replacing that with a warranty. And if that's not possible, is it time to basically retire the frame? Um, it depends. It depends on how frugal uh, the individual is. Or, mm-hmm. or right now, um, it's really hard to get anything. Yeah. Um, I mean, uh, so, so, if, so we're doing a lot of what I'd call... Um, desperation fixes um nothing nothing that i'd be worried about the safety uh, because if there's any safety concern of course we always we always turn it away but i'll give you an example where you can make that customer um potentially happy with a little bit of extra cost so Mm. let's say we do that bottom bracket repair and we know we didn't get the perfect tolerance Mm -hmm. okay so then we supply them also wheels manufacturing thread together bb Mm -hmm. right and we set them up as best as we can, but we also make sure that they're aware that there could be limitations with what has happened. Mm-hmm. So it's a little bit higher cost, and maybe you know maybe that brings the the repair up a few hundred dollars. Mm-hmm. And maybe pre COVID, the 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 decision for them was new frame, but right now where there's no frames, right. it's typically a you know they're willing to live with some form of yeah. dissatisfaction just to keep riding. Get, get me through the season, yeah, yeah. The right. de- desperation fixes, I like that. That's. <laughs> that perfectly summarizes my approach to training. I like that. Um, so let's let's hop into the process. Um, so somebody comes to you. They've gone through those those steps, and they you know warranties off the table. Uh, they they need their frame fixed. What does the process look like once you get that frame in your hands? Yeah. So at at um, at Broken Carbon. Um, we we do things maybe a little bit differently than 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 other repair shops. Um, we have our opinions, they have their opinions. Um, uh, it's usually not worth ultrasounding or performing what we'd call a non-destructive test. Um, we can, maybe it's for a different, a different, uh, a different podcast or a different session. We can go into why, um, 
ultrasound leads to a lot of uh, what I'd call false signals. Um, and th- it's, not, it's not representative of the true health of the frame. And again, that's a, I could talk about that for hours. Uh, so I'll just I'll skip over that for now. Um, with, with, with our experience, we have, we have several investigative techniques. Um, um, but what's surprising that I really don't hear anyone talk about, um, the, the, the bike, um, it makes it pretty clear that it's that it's broken. Um, it, I I don't want I, the likelihood of someone out there riding a broken frame and they don't know about it is very very low. Now we see it because you can actually see how the damage grows as someone continues to ride it. And we've seen we've seen fractured frames that people have ridden for thousands of miles, and you can see how that delamination creeps between those layers. Um, but for the most part. Um, it, 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 it's such a brittle failure. It is so obvious. Um, the the uh, the little tiny, um, very hard to see paint cracks um, that, that that get brought to us, and and it's like, well, is this you know, is this is this a, is this is this the, the broken carbon? Is this uh, the paint? Ninety nine point nine 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 percent of time, if you have a hairline crack in the paint, it's just the paint. Um, you 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 will almost certainly know when it breaks or if it's broken. Um, but we're also happy to to help show you and make you feel feel better about that. So anyway, the frame comes in. We look at the obvious damage that the person is coming in for. We give the whole frame uh, a look over, make sure that there's nothing else that stands out, just so that that customer doesn't get a, a shock. <laughs> When they come to pick up their bike, that if, in case there's other in case there's other areas, you know, we can identify those and we can talk about those. Um, sometimes with particular types of accidents, um, we will they'll come in and they'll show us a piece of damage and we'll we'll, we'll query them about how that damage happened. Thankfully, um, people aren't afraid to tell stories. Um, so an example where you might see like a down tube crack, someone comes in and you're like, okay, yeah, yeah, what happened? And like, well, I drove into my garage. You're like, so then, so then at broken at broken carbon, that's an immediate turnaway, um, and and that's that's specifically because um, uh, it's if when 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 you drive into the garage and it hits the seat, that's fine. I'm happy. I'm happy from a safety perspective to repair those um, because we can check that uh, top tube, seat tube, seat stay. Uh, junction really well, and then and you can and you can get a um, you can get cracking down at the BB uh, area as well. But when it comes to a handlebar to the top of the garage or head tube to the top of the garage, what can happen is you'll get you'll get um, uh, a small amount of delamination between the carbon uh, headset race um, bearing seat, I should say, not race, but but bearing seat, and. Um, uh, the absolute last thing I'm I'm never going to you know help anyone get into a position where their their head tube bearing seats share when they hit a pothole right now now it, in rare occasions you can see that happen on a healthy frame in a really hard impact so something that could have been compromised that's a where where it's like you know. This is just not worth your life. Sure, sure. Um, and that's that's an immediate turnaway. Yeah, yeah. So don't drive your 
bike into the garage. <laughs> which, I've, which I've actually done. Yeah, so. a lot of people have. I think that's probably pretty yeah. common. <laughs> Luckily, my bikes are on the back of my truck. Yeah. Um, yep. so, okay, so you've done your inspections. So we get the story. So I'm sorry, we so, get the story. Yep. Um, we, we get we, we get the story, we, we check it out, um, and and right now, you know, there's a, a longer turnaround than there's ever been, um, just because, you know, people are, are doing as many, this is the most, you know, repairs that we've, we've been doing. Um, we give them a timeline. Um, when we get into the repair, uh, usually there's no major surprises. Sometimes we can find something um, really odd underneath the surface that might make us consider turning the repair away. Um, that's that's usually extremely rare. And just to give an just to give an idea, I mean, once once we've once we've gotten into once we've identified that we believe that the repair will be safe before we even get our hands on it, um, we probably turn away like one in five hundred. So like something under the surface where we found where um, that particular uh, factory um, or or brand has has put something inside the frame that um, isn't conducive to a safe repair. So it's very very rare, but it happens. Um, so we go through that process, and I can talk about you know at a high level what the actual process is if you'd like, and then um, then the customer comes and picks up their bike. Um, at at right now, especially with the turnaround, we're doing almost purely clear coat repairs. So paint, um, depending on how good you are, paint can add another couple weeks. And um, so right now we're doing almost all just clear coat. So that's where you can see you can actually see the repair, but but clear coats. And ClearCoat comes with all, with all of our repairs. It's an important protection because there's, there's very few things that damage carbon um, from an environmental standpoint. Um, they're highly acid resistant um, in the grand scheme of things. I mean, epoxy is, um, uh, but um, what, I shouldn't say, uh, sorry. In, in the plastics world, it's highly resistant. It's not, it's not, it's not highly resistant compared to a metal frame. I don't wanna have any misconception there. Um, but one thing that it is very sensitive to is ultraviolet. Um, so, so we would never let a repair go out that hasn't been that hasn't been clear coated and protected from ultra ultraviolet. Right. So, just in the few minutes we have left, um, the the actual process is done by hand, correct? So it's actually wrapping sheets of carbon fiber around the the damaged area. Yep. Yep. So, depending on the extent of uh, of the damage. Um, just we have what we call patches or, or wraps. Um, so uh, if it's basically if the if the fracture's roughly speaking about half the tube, uh, or sorry, you know, half the circumference of the tube, um, then we'll, from a structural standpoint, we'll go to a full wrap. But it's it's biased, so um, we don't need to put the same amount of material on both sides, right? It, it's it's tailored it's tailored to the damage and tailored to the frame. So um, we do a wrap purely because um, it's economical. Or once you get to that that certain point, it just makes sense to just do the whole tube. But if it's a smaller amount of damage than that, then we do a patch where mm -hmm. it's it's a local area. Yeah. And once once the frame is fixed and repaired, is there a compromise to the the strength the integrity of the frame from now on, or is it just as strong as it was before the patch? So short answer is um, our repairs, I would say, are, are, are as strong, potentially a little bit stronger. 
Um, and this is another another topic that uh, I could talk about for hours, as you know. Um, there's a there's something that's really important um, that I don't hear anyone talking about. Um, there's two kinds of repairs, and um, I think the customer should be aware of that. At Broken Carbon, we only do one of the kinds, which is to try and get original strength. But what's most common, for example, in aerospace, is not to achieve original strength. It's actually to get a, a to make the the final structure a little bit weaker. And the reason is is because they're driving the repair to what's called original stiffness. So if you think about if you think about a wing spar, you can't have you can't have both of your wings flexing different amounts, right? Because the the, the airplane will start to roll. So so what you'll see out there, people who who um, you know there's 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 repair companies, and I don't fault them at all. I just fault the education. Um, there's companies out there that they have these beautiful repairs, but they're what I would call flush repairs, which means that the final surface of the repair is flush with the, the frame. That cannot, especially with the, this thickness, this thinness of tube, that cannot achieve original strength. But it is achieving original stiffness. Um, now, now, my opinion is the slight stiffness increase to achieve original strength, you don't notice as a rider. So why wouldn't you? And again, you know, we just happen to be more safety um, driven than maybe cosmetic driven. Why wouldn't you go for original strength when all it takes is an extra layer or two? And yeah, okay, you know, it's not a perfect circular tube anymore because you added an extra layer or two. But you know, this that these. Uh, people here in Boulder, you know, they, they come down uh, the canyons at 50 miles an hour, yeah, right? Yeah. You, you, original strength, it, okay in my that, opinion, yeah. is the right way. Right. <laughs> I'm okay with a little bit more strength. Yeah. yeah. Cameron, that's, thank you very much for, uh, for chatting today. Um, I, I'm sure we could talk endlessly about this and do, you know, 10 more episodes just on carbon and carbon <laughs> repair. Um, but I, I do appreciate your expertise here. And, um, before I let you go, uh, where can people find uh, Driven Technologies on social media? I don't know if uh, they've spun up their Instagram, but the web the website is definitely up driven bike, uh, and I'll I'll pester them about getting getting all their their uh, social media up. I, I um, right now as 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 a company, um, you know, with with my help, they're focused on 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 really the R and D side and and. And making sure that the product that they come out with is is as as good and as polished as it can be. So I think they might actually intentionally be um, keeping things a little bit low right now, ready for you know when they're to do the big unveil of the of the commercial product. Sure, sure. Uh, so keep an eye out for that in the near future, I would say. And uh, if you have questions about what we chatted about today, feel free to reach out to me on social media at Brown Dan. And of course, you can reach out to Ruler Magazine at Ruler Magazine. Uh, I am uh, primarily on the Instagrams and the Twitters and Ruler as well. Uh, but if you have questions, please do reach out. If you have suggestions for topics you'd like me to cover on a future tech podcast episode, I would love to hear it. Cameron, thanks again for joining me today. That was pretty fascinating. Yeah, thanks, Dan. And uh, for those of you listening, we will catch you on the next episode of the Ruler Tech Podcast.
Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.